Hi, and welcome to the Smut Report podcast. We're here today to talk about our amazing series called Put Your Dukes Up. Did I do that oh, right? Put up your dukes, Ingrid. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Today we are discussing, let's take a look-see, because I can never remember titles, Mr. Cavendish, I presume, by Julia Quinn versus A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, which is super interesting because these are some quirky books. They they go a little bit off the track of the norm, so it's going to be fun to see how they fit in. I'm Ingrid. I'm Erin. And I'm Holly. And we're the Smut Report. na 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 Smut Report! So getting into it, Holly, tell us about these books. Okay, so I nominated both of these, and I'm pretty sure I added the Alyssa Cole because I was like, well, we should do a modern Duke. That could be fun. I don't know. I didn't remember how dukey he was. I just remembered that he was like a hot armorer, silver fox, old man. Scottish. Yeah, yes, Scottish. Sca- uh, Tavish McKenzie, super Scottish. Gotta love the the thick burr. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, Aaron will not be reading any quotes today. I'll save uh, us all. Sorry, sorry. So we don't have to suffer through any um, fake Scottish accents. And then I picked the Julia Quinn. I I would have to go back and check. I'm pretty sure people nominated the Duke and I when we asked on social media what Dukes to include, which is fine. The Duke and I is a pretty interesting book. He, Simon's probably a great Duke. I don't remember. I just remember how hot he is in the TV show. So it's been a while <laughs> okay. since I read the book. But I picked Mr. Cavendish, I presume, which is one of two books in the Duke of Wyndham's duology because it's the only book I know of, only romance novel I know of, about the guy who thinks he's the Duke and discovers he's not actually the Duke. When the true heir is found, right? There are tons of romances about yes. the guy who discovers, oops, I'm actually the Duke, which a Duke by default by Alyssa Cole is one, which is probably why I paired these two together. But I don't know. Can you guys think of any others? No, no. I can't. And actually, I thought it was really interesting because, because you're, like you said, it's a duology. And I'm so used to seeing the usurped Duke as being like this bad guy who needs to be overthrown, right? And in this mm-hmm. case, it's so gut-wrenching and interesting that it's the opposite. Like, what's he going to do? So anyway, it was a juicy pair up, Holly. It was a bold choice. Uh, thank you. Anyway, yeah. so that's what we're reading. Um, And I had read both of these books before and i had read many other books by both of these authors before yeah i read i had also read both of these books before although mr cavendish i presume was many years ago that's one of holly's favorite julia quinn's i believe but this duology has never been my favorite so you know i think it's one of my favorite julia quinn's just because i had a hard copy of it for a really long time it's one of the few romance novel hard copies that i had that like lived with me through graduate school so (laughs) when i was in graduate school i had like six romance novels on my bookshelf before i started (laughs) collecting them like a crazy person <laughs> and so sometimes when I was in graduate school I was like oh my god my brain is gonna break I just need to read a romance novel and I only had six of them so I read them a lot and Mr. Cavendish I presume is one of those ones that I read a lot shocking everyone I, I had not read the Alyssa Cole in fact I'm not positive but I think this might be my first Alyssa Cole Woo! yeah oh, that's no, surprising I- 
I think I did. I can't remember exactly. I might have read one for the blog back in the day, but I just, since I can't remember, it's kind of like slate wiped clean. But I did remember yet again, three quarters of the way through that I did actually read Mr. Cavendish, I presume. So 50%. Yeah. (laughs) It was the scene where he, yeah, it was the scene where he actually throws the ledger in the fire. So I was like, oh, yep, there it is. Read this one already. Hmm. Such a helpful moment to remember it. When I'm That's cramming like really for... far into it. I know. I was like cramming this book too, trying to get this done for the podcast. And here I could have just refreshed my memory all along. Nope, not the way my brain works. All right. Should we summarize? Please yeah, let us summarize. Erin, did you prep I'll, it in advance first. this time? I didn't prep. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I will delight everyone with a round Here we go ahead as with usual. Erin's dissertation in one <laughs> sentence. All right, I'm going to start with A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, because it's a contemporary. And so the summary, one sentence summary for this book will be Portia goes soul searching in Scotland at an armor, accidentally pepper sprays her boss. That was good. They grump at each other. For many moons, as sign of their attraction to each other, until they both demonstrate that they can show up for each other in a very grand manner. Mm-hmm. Mm. Has nothing to do with Dukes. All right. Maybe I should start over, but whatever. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Okay, here's my summary <clears throat> Portia takes an apprenticeship with a sword maker, discovers said sword maker. Her boss, who she has a massive crush on, might actually be a duke, and starts helping him take his place in the aristocracy, which muddies their relationship a lot. Oh, darn you, Holly. All right. (laughs) Portia, scattered and seeking direction in life, takes an apprenticeship in Scotland with a sword maker where she puts her talent for deep dives and research into action helping a grumpy sexy hot sword maker by uncovering his right to a dukedom falling in love with him in the process and upending his entire life oh bam that's good i'm glad i went first so i wouldn't have performance anxiety later well, going after Holly always gives me performance anxiety. Like, <laughs> I do think it's interesting, since we're talking about Dukes, just before we jump into our one-sentence summaries of Mr. Cavendish, that all three of us centered our summary on Portia and not yes. on... Yes. I feel like it was a very Portia-centered story. Yes. It's a yes, lot it of was. journey of self-discovery for her. Yeah. Almost so for him. That hit me Agree. right in the feels. Yeah. No, yeah. it's definitely true. I, uh... I definitely, f- well, I will have some thoughts on that later when yeah, you're not I mean, doing a one-sentence summary. Yeah, I mean, I we'll just have to see if that impacts how good a duke he is, you well, know? It's going to be interesting because we're talking about two dukes who either lack experience or aren't actually a duke in the end. So, like, it was a good pairing. Yeah. It was a good pairing. I, don't, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how they stack up in the in the larger duke off but all right right. the duke off all right mr cavendish i presume lady amelia has been waiting for years 
to marry the Duke of Wyndham, who has been dragging his feet. And unfortunately, just when things start to get spicy between them, the Duke discovers a mysterious missing legitimate cousin who throws his entire world upside down, challenging his understanding of his own identity, his trust in his relationship with Amelia, and his ability to provide for any kind of life. He doesn't have a job other than the Duke. He doesn't have a house. He doesn't have any money. That's another sentence. Everything, everything is amiss. All right. I'm I'm skeptical that you didn't prep at least part of that because that first half was real dialed in there. Hey, I had to get focused after my last one. (laughs) It's good. It was good. It was really good. All right, let's do it. Wyndham only just begins to appreciate what's been waiting for him all along when he discovers that the woman he's falling in love with might not be someone he'll be allowed to marry because his cousin sweeps in to steal his dukedom. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's all correct. It was like a really slow car crash. I was like, no, pull it back, pull it back. And I couldn't. It was too late. The words already came out. It was done. All right, Holly, go ahead. Okay, I'll I'll do my, let's see how few words I can do this in. Let's see here, the Holly special. All right. <clears throat> Thomas discovers that he's not actually who he always thought he was, just when he's finally starting to like his arranged from childhood fiance. All right. I dig it. Good stuff. It is. We got it. So let's talk about their dukishness. How dukish are these guys? We have one who is losing his dukedom, but was raised to be the duke because he was the only child. So the thing about Thomas Cavendish and Mr. Cavendish, I presume, is his father was the third son of Mm -hmm. his grandfather. So his father never anticipated being the duke. Um, And there was some strife in his upbringing because his father ended up marrying a woman of a lower class for money and then ended up becoming the Duke. And his father never let his mother forget that class difference when they became Mm -hmm. Duke and Duchess. So Thomas and Thomas was the only child of that marriage. So there has been no one but Thomas for his entire life because his uncles had died before he was born. He has been trained to be the Duke of Wyndham from birth. And then Mm -hmm. conversely, we have Tavish, who is living his best life, being an armor, trying to keep his small business going. And he's already almost 40. He's 38, right? And Mm -hmm. suddenly realizes after all this time that he is actually possibly a Duke. So we have two very different angles to approach these Dukes. But we've been talking about what makes them dukish. So we've been focusing on power, isolation, and wealth. I would think in a contemporary, the wealth is going to be less of a thing. But what are you guys, like, where did you land? Well, what kind of dukes are, which one do we want to tackle first? And like, how dukish are they? Well, I do want to say, before I answer your question, that I thought it was very interesting that both of these men are tying their role to duty. Duty is 
And duty isn't something we haven't talked about, really, is something that Mm, is dookie. Yeah, I actually, and that's a good point. And I, as I was listening to Mr. Cavendish, I presume, it occurred to me because Thomas was so focused on his duty, like his life was centered on duty so much that I realized, and I, I feel like this might be worth a discussion, maybe for all of us, or maybe just like a think piece on the blog, that duty versus desire is very much a focal point of romance right we have so many protagonists who are like it's the conflict between them is it's my duty to do these things but what i really want is you this person that i shouldn't have Mm -hmm. in the case of thomas cavendish he could have had amelia at any point in time she was the perfect bride for him it was an arranged marriage since birth as holly said and he put it off and kicked the can down the road. And now he's thinking, oh, now it's my duty to step away because I'm no longer the Duke, the yeah. person that she had signed up for. Yeah. And yeah, the contrast, especially in Mr. Cavendish, I presume, of duty versus desire was very striking to me. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, especially when we talk about how that might impact the criteria that we laid out from the jump because duty and the fixation with duty leads to isolation. Right. Right. It's one of the factors. So one is that this is like a very high up person, but one of the other things that leads to isolation and we saw it with, especially with Mr. Cavendish, I presume is that his moral code wrapping itself so much around duty leads to him constantly isolating himself. Yeah. I mean, I thought, this book is really interesting in terms, so, you know, if we're talking, you know, Thomas Cavendish is a Duke. He is really isolated, but not like these other Dukes are isolated because of, you know, they're sad or they're too cool for everybody or, you know, whatever. But Thomas Cavendish is isolated, but it's not explicit. But he's living in this house in the country with his grandmother that he hates. Yeah. And I'm not sure why, like there are no scenes of him in London. There's no indication that he has any friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very tight on the households. Yeah. Not even the households because they don't really even go into Amelia's house. It's all at his house and like the associated countryside around his house or until they go to Ireland. But yeah, so maybe a little bit of the isolation is there, but I did get from him there's a moment in the story where he has the famous person archetype so royalty rock star whatever like i can't trust who my real friends are Mm. because i don't know if they want me for my fame and fortune or because they like me like there is a statement in there where he right but you never but but it's early on and it doesn't continue to to be a sticking point Right, and that's not a key part of his character. Mm-hmm. I feel like the key part of his character is that his identity is being wrapped up in the Duke and therefore always doing the right thing. And that seems in this book to be very tied up in estates and proper estate management and doing all the stuff with the ledger books. And I think if I remember correctly... The other part of the duology about the cousin, the long lost Duke of Wyndham, 
this is a big sticking point for him because he's dyslexic or yeah, something. Yeah, he's dyslexic and he can't read. Right. And so this idea of taking over all of this paperwork, which is what Thomas's duty seems to consist of, is like really terrifying for him. But he's a much I I think he's a much less interesting character than Thomas. He's just kind of like a ne'er do well standard rake. Yeah. Yeah. Enough about Wyndham. New Wyndham. <laughs> so I feel and I feel like it's kind of unsaid that he has wealth and power, but it's not a huge part of his character. Wyndham? Wyndham. Yeah. yeah. So it is brought up that his mother was a sit, but so they inher- he inherited a ton of factories. So I think it is pretty heavily implied that they got a ton of wealth and that it was kind of by luck that he inherited the dukedom and that it was all lumped together. Now, do I think it makes sense that he inherited that stuff from his mother, but then he thought he was going to be penniless? Like, wouldn't that get pulled out from the estate and go to him? I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, probably. I didn't think about that as well. But it depends on how they structured their financial portfolio. Like right. His, I mean, he how he inherited been... it. His dad could have moved everything around. Right. Or, and he could have pulled all the money out of the factories and put it, like, plowed the money into the estates that are entailed. So... Yeah, but I did think about that too. I was like, oof, because this is one thing that always concerns me. How are these people who are living these lives going to have the life when they have... Because this is this is a very interesting thing I think about Thomas as well, is that you see it in many other romance novels that are historical romance featuring aristocrats, that the aristocrat in question, usually it's like a noblesse oblige, well, maybe not quite that level of situation where this person is responsible for giving people their quarterly allowances or whatever. And then sometimes you'll run into one or, you know, the mean dad who's like holding onto the purse strings. So mm-hmm. our, our beloved hero has to like marry an heiress so that he can be solvent. But it wasn't really a, it, it, it was, but it wasn't really a sticking point in this book that Thomas was entirely dependent on his cousin's willingness to support him at the end of the day like he might have had some stuff set aside for him in trust but that was i mean that wasn't covered and so having lot like everything was owned by the dukedom not by thomas personally and so he wasn't just losing his identity i think the story was very wrapped up in how this change affected his identity but any sort of financial stability he had after this was also 100% dependent on the kindness of his cousin and it could have gone very poorly right i mean so cuz it's a stressful thing for me yeah well they joke about it right yeah. that his cousin's going to hire him to be his land agent to like find a moldy old castle to send grandma to yeah yeah so i mean it's a, they're both heroes of the books but yeah the whole thing with the grandma i just find just so mean-spirited now and baffling if your grandma's that terrible just why are you living with her (laughs) send her to the tower house like what why are you just hanging out with this person and being mean to each other all it just sounds deeply unpleasant what is he doing it's his duty to take care of his grandmother yeah, he can send her to a different house and send her some money. <laughs> it's another can he's been kicking down the road, it That's seemed true. like to me. Yeah. I never did it. Now maybe I will. Just kidding. You will. 
So what do you think, Ingrid? How dookie is this guy? So I, this is what I think. I think he's very dookie. He's isolated. He's wealthy. What was the third thing again? Power. Power. So we do touch on his power in the book. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I think honestly, because so much of the book so quickly devolves into what's he going to do when he's not a Duke. But in the beginning, if you look at in these dance things, like the way that they talk about him, I think it's heavily implied that he had the power to make life choices and everyone else just kind of had to fall in line, including his fiance. So Mm -hmm. I would, Mm -hmm. I would say it's pretty heavily hinted that he is powerful. And I do think it's interesting that even at the end when he comes in and he's clearly no longer a Duke. So yeah, the scene where he loses the dukedom, he's the duke. The way that he handles it, where he's like, no, absolutely not. There's going to be witnesses. It doesn't matter what you just did. You're the new duke. That's it. The way he handled that was very dukey because he drew the line and everyone just fell in line. And that was it. He was dukey when he came back and he was Mr. Cavendish and he was like, I'd like to dissolve the betrothal. Okay, sounds good. And now I'm going to ask you to marry me. Like, it was just, she had every faith in him because she, she one, she trusted him. But two, he's still a duke at heart. He's yeah. still commanding. He's still smart. He's on top of his crap. He knows what he's doing. Like, he's a duke. So, yes, I think that he is very dukey. And I would say... I agree with that. And I would have forgotten. But there was a moment that I highlighted where... Amelia was talking about how she she was taught since she was born to center her life on what Thomas wanted or like what his expectations were. And he never questioned that at any point until much later when he's having a meltdown of his own, right? Where she was taught, if he wants to talk about this, you talk about this. If he wants to do it this way, you're going to do it this way. If he wants to go to town... And he wants you to stay here. That's how it's going to be. And so she spent her whole life being trained to expect that his decision is the final word. It isn't until she kind of starts challenging him that he's like, oh, this is interesting. What is happening right now? (laughs) I feel like if we've talked about some of these dukes in the past where they are so privileged that they're not even aware of the level of their privilege because they just expect everyone to like cater to them. That's definitely Thomas Cavendish, at least in the beginning until he starts having this existential crisis. Would you like to dance with me? No. There it is. That's all it really took. I felt like this was a very Julia Quinn book. Yeah. 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 This is a very classic. Yeah julia quinn style book so okay well then what about tavish mckenzie Duke all right this one's this one I is feel like he's very easier. grumpy he does he have well dukish qualities or is he just like silver fox and misanthrope grump okay no so here's the thing because he like thomas cavendish is very focused on his duty so he has this armory this where he makes old-fashioned Highland swords. As cool, one does. As one does. But he he's able to do this because he has this building that he inherited from his father. This old building in Edinburgh, presumably. And he is so focused on keeping his company alive, not for himself, but because he's like, the community center I run for these underprivileged kids is really important and I have to keep that alive. And I have to make sure that my sister-in-law's food truck 
has a place to park so she can continue to have income and that my brother has a place to teach his like his storm in the castle exercise classes <laughs> right? <laughs> right and he's so focused on he has to keep it together because he is solely responsible for making sure everybody else in the entire neighborhood is also protected mm-hmm. and so even before he's a duke and he has the power and the wealth to actually make sure it happens effectively he had he's very isolated even though he's surrounded by people who love him because he's taking on all of their problems without being asked to which is isolating he's isolating so i don't know if that's dookie or if that's just like the duty but i feel like like aaron was talking about noblesse oblige like he has this noblesse oblige thing going on well and i do think before he has the title and everything I do think it's heavily hinted. It's kind of like baked in that this like almost cellular drive to take care of his people is dookie, right? Mm-hmm. That like he has this, it's like in his makeup that he he has a responsibility for others. And because of that, the toll that takes on people, the isolating toll, there's no one really to take care of him. Mm-hmm. So that's also pretty isolating. I would argue that he doesn't really have power in the book, right? Because he's kind mm-hmm. of broke. He's really self-sacrificing. But the moment that he chooses to step up and take back the dukedom is him taking back that power, right? So you could, there could be some argument that that's him stepping into the dukedom, so it's there, and the money. So obviously he's broke for most of the book, but he chooses differently so that he can use that to make his community a better place. That's why I thought this was juicy because one of them has the dukedom. I think that Wyndham has the dukedom, but then he loses it, but he doesn't lose the traits of the duke. And then this book, he has the traits of the book and then he needs the trappings. But once he gets it, they're both, you know, yeah, competitively dukey in some ways. In some ways. Right. In some ways. Yes. Right. I mean, he doesn't have that blind privilege thing that no. a lot of these other dukes have. Like Julia Quinn does not write woke books right she doesn't write woke woke dukes but she still has this i am so blind to my privilege thing going on in it just doesn't use the words and i don't know if she would use the words to describe what she was doing there but yeah but it's but it's there at least in some she writes a lot of dukes too she also named the dowager after a yeast infection so (laughs) her name is augusta elizabeth candida debenham cavendish that's a bold choice, guys. <laughs> no, just me. I didn't know yeast infections were called Augusta Elizabeth no, they're Candida called, Devin. Well, from <laughs> now on, they will be. From now on, they will be. But Candida's yeast. Anyway, she mm-hmm. is kind of yeast infectiony ish. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that was she <laughs> irritating <laughs> and hard to get rid of. That, that's what we're going oh, for. One. <laughs> Particularly bothersome after a long carriage ride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I could go on for hours. I want to go back to something Ingrid said about Tavish McKenzie, New Duke of Edinburgh, and how 
he once he gets the title he gets the other things he gets the power and the wealth mm-hmm. and right and so separating then the character of the person from the trappings of the title and how these two work together to make a good a satisfying duke hero like if you can take the duke out of the hero i don't know what i'm trying to say but i, I, I just want to like sit with that idea mm-hmm. well a minute the, the comparison in my head because i was trying to justify this because at first my thought was well obviously it's windham because he's more dookie but i think that's not necessarily fair because there have been many very dookie books where the duke is impoverished mm-hmm. yeah we just haven't hit any of those yet i think we'll have right. another one maybe is yeah it next week pretty soon yeah. Or the Duke is so scandalous or so dark that he doesn't really, like, the, the only power that he has is that people want to avoid him. He doesn't, right. mess, do you know what I mean? So, like, I think that it's one of those things where, like, if we talk about that as, like, the tripod of, like, a dookie duke, the power, the wealth, and the isolation, that you can, if sometimes in some of these books, it's, like, that character's development is in, it, the point of that character's development is to seek out what they're missing, Mm-hmm. So the wealth or the power or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, or that they want to be isolated, not understanding that they don't have to be. So that's, that could be part of the plot. Do you know what I mean? So we've mm-hmm. talked about that. And that's when I started feeling like this actually could be a more competitive book than you think or than I thought because he has that that sense of duty and he has that commanding presence. And, you know, in the beginning when he's off-putting and isolated and stuff like that, he has kind of a presence about him that I think was set up to look very dookie and then mm-hmm. he goes off and he gets what he's missing to get the job done so would it matter if it were a historical book and he were missing the wealth and went after the wealth or that he he was he thought he was the rightful duke and he needed to take back his place from um, a dastardly interloper would it matter well right but so we read the cat sebastian was the other book we read about somebody who becomes a duke halfway mm-hmm. through the book mm-hmm. and we felt that that particular character i don't remember his name was Arundel? not particularly dookie that mm-hmm. the the guy who he was the printer Arundel, and, yeah Arundel. Arundel. Mm-hmm. even though he takes on the dukedom for similar to similar protect reasons. other people and like tavish mckenzie to make sure that a really bad guy can't keep using the dukish power to be dookie be harmful yeah to be more powerful so i don't really have a point i don't know where i'm going with that but I know I mean, we're not fighting these two guys because Arundel already got knocked out, but yeah. you know it's good to examine parallels. I think with mm-hmm. characters because then it makes you question like why was this successful and this not successful or vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's why I, if I take the Tavish McKenzie book and I try to put it into more of a historical context, does that change things and you know stuff like that? So I think you know it. Some of it in my mind boiled down to. How satisfying was it when the character was able to acquire the missing pieces and step into his dookie power? Do you know what I mean? If it was truly successful and it felt really good, then yeah, I think that that's a good contender because it's like finally stepping into the role. That could be very satisfying. So I think that's in this book, that's what becomes the question. Not who is dookier throughout the whole book, but who who's character arc in the end felt more like they were a true duke who who in the end took all of the things that we've broken down that that make a duke who took all those pieces and really made it happen so is that different is that a different question than 
what we have asked in the past, which is, can this person still succeed without being a duke? Well, I think in this case, because both books, we see that, right? We're seeing them as a duke and we're seeing them not as a duke. And so in this case, that question is kind of, it's not moot. I, I think it's still a relevant question, but the whole plot is about gaining or losing a dukedom. So then the question is, yeah, I think it just shifts a little bit or this question helps supplement it because that question might not result in the answer that we really need to make the decision is mm-hmm. what I thought personally. Right. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, and we could start by asking, well, would these books work if the title being lost and gained was a being a baron instead? Yeah. And honestly, in all material ways, I think the answer is yes for both. But the fact that it is a duke, may, it it's superlative. Mm-hmm. And I think in a contemporary, it's a little different because... Well, a baron isn't a baron isn't going to have the same privileges or be in the same like aristocratic groups as some of the older families higher up in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. think. I I don't know much about modern aristocracy, so there is that aspect of it, I suppose, where you know, like a baron at this point might be a little bit of like a whatever. <laughs> so- I actually beg to differ. I think both books kind of, I think it's very subtle, but I think that it, it is, there is a solid attempt to set up that it would not work if they weren't Dukes. And this is why in both mm-hmm. books in Mr. Cavendish, I pres- presume the whole point is that Amelia was raised to be a duchess. So she can't marry Thomas if he's not a Duke. So like it, it doesn't really work if it's a Baron because then it wouldn't have mattered. She would have been like, him. Well, she but would have outranked him, but it's not a duke. Like, it was just set up that it was very different. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. she was raised, they said several times, she's raised to be a duchess. She has, she, like, in the in the agreement that was forged when she was an infant, she was going to marry the seventh duke of Wyndham. And right. that was part of it was that it was the duke. So, I think, like I said, I think it was set up in such a way that it shouldn't work without him being a duke. And in the Tavish Mackenzie, part of the reason he takes it is is that he doesn't want this guy to have that position of power but the position of power is because as a duke not as a lower member of the aristocracy he has the ear of the literal queen yeah and he he he's actually in the news and stuff so he's in modern aristocracy the lower ones i don't think they i mean they're just rich a-holes they don't really like do anything but like if you're high enough up you could actually make a difference because you're actually like talking to people and doing things that could make a difference that's what was okay. presented in the book but that's not me think, okay that was what okay. was set up in the book was that that's right. why it mattered but realistically I mean, if we're doing real talk do you really think a brand new interloper duke who's never made any networking connections in the aristocracy before is going to really have more of an ear of the queen than a baron who is part of an old family and his family has been like networked with other aristocrats for their entire lives. Well, I don't know, Aaron, can the Baron make a sword and then wield it in a costume? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, he wields a fabulous sword, but I, I think I understand what you're saying in terms of this is the way it was presented. But if we're, if we're going to be critical examiners of the narrative do you think that that is really a situation that 
makes a dip or like truly makes a difference i guess is what i'm i think the question of you know going on to aaron just because the old duke isn't a duke anymore is the media still gonna like gonna stop interviewing him about his bad hot takes about refugees like probably not hmm so the conclusion that I have kind of come to regarding this question was that I think it absolutely does. It, I don't think that it could work in Mr. Cavendish. I presume it had to be a dukedom. That's the the read that I had. I don't think it works the same. It doesn't hit the same if it's he's not a duke. That's how I felt about that one. The Tavish book was it was a plot point, but not necessarily one that like made or broke the book. So I See, think. I disagree because the heir of a billionaire, not even the heir of a different aristocrat, but like Mm. the secret heir of a billionaire. Well, I mean, the whole premise of the series are people finding out they're actually royalty, right? So, you know, and they talk about how he's a a royal dukedom. I don't know Mm -hmm. what that means, as opposed to a non-royal dukedom. Yeah. Well, the royal dukedoms. Don't don't explain it, Aaron. I I don't actually care. (laughs) What was I saying? Part of the conflict with Portia is Portia starts giving him how to be a rich person lessons, right? Mm -hmm. And people are like, no, Portia, you're in over your head. You know how to be a rich person, but you don't know how to be an aristocrat, Mm -hmm. right? So that the conflict for her in between them, I, I guess it's like their breakup can't work unless he's also, like their their black moment can't work unless he's also an aristocrat not just a right i think you make a good point i i think that it's debatable that's one of the reasons why in the beginning i was like oh this is no competition obviously in my head Wyndham was gear duke but when i actually started breaking it down i was like i don't know i don't know technically i can refute a lot of my points with some digging well Wyndham's the more traditional dookie duke yeah he has yeah. all the hallmarks of like the wealthy mm-hmm. restrained, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. except, you know, if we look at romance novels, dukes tend to be grumpy older men, in which case here we <laughs> go, Tavish McKenzie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we so we've talked through these guys. Is it time to vote? I mean, I think it is. We've covered, I mean, we've covered the how dukey are they. We've covered whether or not it works if they weren't a duke. So I feel like it's voting time, even though I feel like this is, this is a hard one, but I do, before we vote, I do want to call out the scene in a duke by default where Porsche's in the library and she's (laughs) doing research and she's like, all right, librarian, can I get some help? do you have any books about Dukes? Yeah. And the librarian gets really excited. And she's like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> do you prefer your Dukes grumpy, tortured, or alpha in the streets, beta in the sheets? <laughs> that was and so funny. I, I do have to say, I feel like we have not read a single Duke book for this whole thing where the Duke is the beta in the sheets. Right. No. Maybe well, the Count Bastion, but yeah. he's not oh, an alpha in the yeah. streets. But he's not an alpha in the streets. No, he's, right. I think he's beta all the way through, really. Yeah. We'll have to keep an IR out. Beta in yes. the sheets, Dukes. Haven't read any yet. I don't think they're coming in the next couple of weeks. No, so. I don't think so either. You can give us your recommendations. Yes. In the comments. Yes. Right. Know of any, what Alyssa Cole was talking, what book Alyssa Cole was talking about when she wrote that in the book. Please let us know. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, let's vote then. All right, let's um, do it. I think for me, I'm going to go with Wyndham or not Wyndham as it happens. Mr. Cavendish. It's entirely possible that that is simply because it is a historical romance novel and he has all of these like normal historical romance novel Duke traits. Um, sure. But all right. That's my vote. My vote is also Wyndham slash Mr. Cavendish, but this is why, because I felt that he was equally dookie when he had the title and when he didn't have the title. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. That's I good. really tried to separate out the modern versus the historical, and that's kind of what I landed on. Yeah. How about you, Holly? I mean, I think I have to agree, even though Tavish McKenzie has a much dookier declaration. You're right. That's true. He has a dookier declaration. He like his. I feel like his climax is dookier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... but that makes sense because Wyndham's arc is becoming is all about Becoming, losing yeah. the title. But yeah, I think we'll have to go with Wyndham on this one. All right. Well, is it a battle. I don't know. I mean, it's nice when we don't fight. <laughs> there is that, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I kind of like when we throw down, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess I like. I feel like Tav. I could have gone with Tavish, but I don't feel. I didn't feel strongly about him. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that makes a difference. Okay, so we have Wyndham as our winner next week. Our seventh matchup. The Wicked Ways of a Duke by Laura Lee Gerke versus I'm So Excited, Flowers from the Storm by Laura Kinsale, which is, as you might recall, really all I wanted to do was read Flowers from the Storm with these guys. And it somehow turned into this entire, like, ridiculous thing. But anyway, I think it's going to be a great discussion. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I am eagerly looking forward to it. Especially because I I read the Gurky last night and it's gonna be a tough fight. If this, is, this is gonna be wild. I didn't didn't remember this book at all and I'm like, oh shit, this is he's a he's a good duke. So uh, uh gotta get prepared. So anyway, for full show notes, please go to smartreport.com slash podcast. Hit us up on the socials if you wanna do that. Maybe we'll be there. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird on social media. It's a weird world. It's a yeah. weird world. And uh, until then, keep it smutty, folks. Na 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 na